Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Screen Picks Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Kit Bowen. It's been a little while since we've been on Block Talk Radio, but we're happy to be back for a little while. Uh, we're going to talk about a few movies that have come out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and joining me in this lively conversation is my very good friend, Joel Amos. Hi, Joel. How are you doing today? Uh, very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> So we're going to talk about uh, some of the movies that came, are coming out this week, plus there was one that came out last week that didn't we get a chance to review, so we'll review that as well. But we're going to start off first with Death on the Nile, which is the next iteration of the Agatha Christie adaptations directed by Kenneth Brognow, also starring Kenneth as Hercule Poirot, one of the uh, famed detectives from the Agatha Christie novels. It's got an all-star cast, starting off with uh, Gal Gadot, Army Hammer, um, Letitia Wright, uh, Russell Brand. These are the ones. I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head. I'm pretty good. Um, uh-huh. Annette Bening, uh and just a whole bunch of, of colorful, colorful casts, I should say. Um, you haven't had a chance to see this yet, Joel, but I'll give it a brief mm-hmm. review here. Um I uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, obviously this and and Murder on the Orient Express are two great classic mystery, murder mystery stories. And, uh, you know, Murder on the Orient Express actually probably has a little more uh, cachet to it than Death on the Nile. But, um, and and the the Kenneth Brownell adaptation of that a few years ago also did very well on the on the box office. So we'll see about this one. Uh, like I said, I did I enjoyed it. Um, it uh, you know had had you guessing through the whole thing, um, and you know on on what happened and who did it. But I think what I really want to point out the most is just how beautiful this one looks. I <laughs> think uh, first of all, the beautiful people in it, of course, Gal Gadot is just. Stunning, um, and you know, of course, Kenneth playing Perot, he, uh, Peru, he uh, he does a great job with that. And, and actually, in this, we get to see a little bit of what Hercule Perot's past was like. Uh, he fought, apparently, he fought in World War One, and it was you know, this little glimpse of of his background, which kind of plays into some of the to the storyline that happens on the on the Nile there. Um and I I enjoyed that. I thought that was a nice touch. Um but yeah, I mean just gorgeous looking. Uh first of all I I immediately want to take a cruise on the Nile. <laughs> it really looks like that. Mm-hmm. Passing by all of these ancient, ancient Egyptian ruins and just the coloring and the lighting that Kenneth does. Like he really has kind of evolved into a, a, a good a good filmmaker in my opinion. I mean, I think Belfast, you know, which is he's getting all the acclaim for in the Academy and nov- uh, the Oscar nominations. Um, you know, I feel like he's kind of honed his skills. You know, don't you feel that a little bit? Like he's getting better as a director. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought he he brought like a Shakespearean gravitas to Thor. And uh, I yes. know some people are like Kenneth Branagh at Thor, but like I think it's exactly what was needed. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think since then, like you know, since he's been exposed to the big blockbuster making of a movie, he's uh, really honed his his storytelling skills with that mm-hmm. in mind. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. And 
It's, yeah, he does a great job with this. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's not anything to, you know, grandstand about or, you know, right, you know hail, hail it as the best film of all time. But I had a really good time with it. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure on its box, box office uh, capabilities because, you know, I read this whole story about how Death on the Nile is a PR's worst nightmare, <laughs> PR publicist's worst nightmare. Because, uh, you know, a lot of the cast have, since this film was shelved and moved because of the pandemic and, you know, it didn't come out when it was supposed to and all of that, several of the cast members have become uh, somewhat controversial, starting with Army Hammer, who, of course, uh, we now know is, uh, has kind of been canceled with all of his weird sexual provocations that have been brought to the forefront and whatnot. So there's that weirdness. And then of course the Gal Gadot thing where she did something, you know, ill, ill advised uh, video and got a lot of flack for it during the pandemic. And then both Russell Brand and Letitia Wright, who uh, from Black Panther have come out as the sort of anti-vaccination uh, stances. So anyway, I, I, I guess I can see how it could be a little bit of a PR nightmare. Um, but what do you think? What do you think its chances are, Joel? Um, yeah, it's kind of a tough time. Like, I, I, I don't think very high. Um, yeah. I think the world has changed since uh, Murder on the Orient Express came out, um, and I, and I think this is one that warrants being seen on the big screen because of the beauty that's being described. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I. I think it may it may fall into the category of people will wait and and it'll be on streaming in a month or two. Um, I think it might yeah. suffer from that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I mean, I still think it's a solid film, and I mean, I, I would give it. I think I'd give it a solid three and three quarters. You know, not quite four, but a little bit better than three and a half. Um, still a great story. Still a great storytelling and and whatnot. So. Yeah, if you ever get, if you don't want to go see it in the theater, definitely try to check it out. If 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 you're an Agatha Christie fan, check it out when it comes to streaming. All right, so moving on, we're going to talk about "Marry Me," which I think is streaming, isn't it? And being in the theater, yes. I don't know if it is or not. Yeah. Yes. Um, Peacock. Peacock, right, right, right. Okay. It is a kind of an old-fashioned romantic comedy starring Jennifer Lopez and. Uh, and Owen Wilson, let me read the description here. Music superstars Kat Valdez and Bastion are getting married before a global audience of fans, but when Kat learns seconds before her vows that Bastion has been unfaithful, she decides to marry Charlie, a stranger and a math teacher who's in the crowd of this giant concert. Uh, of course, Owen Wilson plays the teacher, Jennifer Lopez is Kat, also Maluma as Bastion, I guess he is a hot Latin pop star as well. Also, John Bradley's in this, Sarah Silverman. That's a nice touch in it. Um, I'll let you start this one off because you did get a chance to see this. What did you think of Marry Me? Um, if, if you can get past the the kind of pretty outrageous premise, um, I, I, I thought it was pretty cute, actually. Um, it was one of these movies where I, you know, Kind of like, uh, all right, I guess I'll knock this one out tonight. 
And then I, you know, I was watching it and watching it. I was kind of pulling for these guys. I'm like, how are they going to figure this out? Uh, how are they going to do this? And I was just kind of like, I was kind of along for the ride. And, uh, and that really surprised me. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's not really a stretch for J-Lo to play this character. It's an extension of her, I'm sure, uh, of it. And, you know, Owen Wilson has this aw shucks, you know, uh, kind of persona that I think, uh, judging the, the landscape that this film is set up in, that, you know, J-Lo's character would kind of fall for or mm-hmm. could fall for. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, thought, I, thought, I mean, if I bought into it and, and, I, and I kind of enjoyed it. And I had some really you know, good songs from J-Lo uh, intertwined in there, which is kind of a bonus. And uh, anytime you can get Sarah Silverman as a, uh, um, a lesbian BFF to, to Owen, I think, you know, hey, that's, that's a plus too. <laughs> um, she was fantastic. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, oh, and, and the daughter. Who, who is, is, yeah. is playing the daughter part a lot uh, lately? It seems like Chloe Coleman. Um, right. She was with that the Dave Batista movie uh, last year, I think it was. Um, and I, she was good. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, this is a, you know, if you're looking for a Valentine's Day movie to see, whether at home on Peacock or you want to venture out to the theaters. Um, there, there have been worse rom-coms than, than Marry Me, I, I, I think it's safe to say. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It definitely uh, is, um, you know, it's a serviceable romantic comedy. It suits, uh, you know, it suits Jennifer Lopez well, this kind of a story. You know, she she's really mm-hmm. just basically playing herself <laughs> in some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so is Owen Wilson. I mean... <laughs> I, I can only guess that Owen Wilson really is like that because he plays that he plays that character so well. Can't see that he's probably stretching too much. So neither of them stretch that much, and you know there was some nice chemistry between the two of them. Like I sort of have to believe it was happening. You know, I, I guess I sort of think about Notting Hill. You know, when I saw this, yeah. um, which is so good, and you know the chemistry between Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant is you know so great. So I was comparing it a little to that, and that's, you know, not fair necessarily, but um, nevertheless, that's what I was doing. And, yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of, you know, you've got your set moments that you hit each time in this one. But like I said, it was enjoyable. It was okay, you know. It really, yeah. it really didn't, it wasn't an eye roller in any way, I didn't think. And, yeah, the music's fun, um, poppy. And Sarah Silverman, my gosh, she's just, <laughs> she just pops up every once in a while and just kind of is really funny again. You're like, ah, there she is. <laughs> it's been a while, you know. So I was glad yep. to see her actually in this. She kind of made it for me. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I, I feel like it's, it's a it's a good stay-at-home Saturday night movie with, you know, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, or significant other or whatnot uh, if, you, if you just want to watch a Good old-fashioned romantic comedy. Uh, I mean, what rating would you give it? One to five stars. Yeah, uh, this is where it gets tough. I mean, it's not. I'd say three, three and a half. I think a three is pretty average, and it's it's a little bit above average, and it's enjoyable. So yeah. yeah, three and a half. Three and a half. 
I agree. That's a good way of putting it. It's just a tiny bit above average. So, so yeah. So yeah. again, it's playing in theaters, but also on Peacock, so you can check it out in both spots. Um, moving on, we're going to talk about a romantic comedy that I really did like. <laughs> I want you back, which is going to be streaming yeah. on Prime. It's on Prime this weekend. It stars uh, Jenny Slate and. Charlie Day. They are newly dumped 30-somethings Peter and Emma who team up to sabotage their, sabotage their ex's new relationships and win them back for good. Uh, it also stars uh, Scott Eastman, uh, Gina Rodriguez, uh, Manny Gizito, um, and some some great char- side characters. Uh, I'll start us off. I really, really, really like this one. Now, you know, this is the kind of romantic comedy I feel like is the is sort of more of the future, you know, where it's not so standard, you know, boy meets girl, you meet, you know, they meet dumb or they meet cute or whatever the case may be. Um, and it has everything to do with Jenny Slate and Charlie Day. <laughs> I mean, Jenny mm-hmm. Slate just cracks me up, and she is just on 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 spot on in this one. Really funny. All of her little sides are the best. And of course, Charlie Day again, kind of just playing his usually Charlie Day, but still, he's he's very um, affable in this. And the two of them together were just fantastic. You can see the chemistry, uh, and you know, you, you you follow the story. It's not that outrageous of a of a premise, uh, and you know, and then you're sort of, I mean, you kind of guess how it's all going to end, but it sort of doesn't necessarily go the way you think it's going to go, which I I appreciated as well. Um, but yeah, it was just hilariously funny and romantic and cute and, you know, a little bit poignant at times, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. How about you? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I really, really, really liked it. Um, I, I can see why Amazon pushing it big time. So I think they, they got a real winner with this one. And uh, um, it, it's, a, it's another kind of thing where at the outset I was kind of like uh, Charlie Day. I mean, I, I love him and everything he does. And I love Jenny Slate and everything she does. And, um, you know, I like this idea where it's, it doesn't start out, you know, will they or won't they? And that, that, Right. Doesn't become a question until almost like halfway through when we start to see a little spark between these two. Um, it's really, right. really about getting them back together with their exes and they're like on the same team with this. And then it really organically uh, evolves. And I, I have to say yeah. that I was very surprised at how uh, effective and real it felt. And um, I like also the idea that that um, that Scott uh, Scott right yeah Scott Eastwood's character um, mm-hmm. like I mean yeah he broke up with Jenny Slate and we're supposed to be angry at him and boo him and then as Charlie Day gets to know him I mean he's he's a really nice guy it's just it it really wasn't yeah. working for him with Jen, Jenny and so I love the idea that the filmmakers decided to, to not paint him in a, in a dark light like like. Like he was a, a bad guy, or you know, they didn't make him out to be a villain. I mean, he actually could have been, you know, the the chemistry with him and Charlie Day was off the charts. I thought that that night out that yeah. they had together, I thought it was just great, <laughs> and they really pulled for each other. And when um, 
he's given uh, high fives to him when he's training him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just find very, I don't know, very endearing. And, and, and I, I thought that was refreshing as well. Yeah, it was. It was really, and then, you know, and then Jenny said he has this sort of little, you know, and this little uh, relationship with this middle schooler. Oh, I, I won't give too much away because I want people to kind of watch it. But and then you know that and and in that sort of interaction she has with this kid, she decides you know to to sort of do something different with her life. And I thought that was all very interesting and fascinating, and not necessarily part of what you would think this movie would be about. So um, yeah, I did. I mean, I would give this a solid four stars. How about you? Um, yeah, I definitely go four stars on, on this one. Yeah, this is, I mean, the the rom-com is often lambasted and also simultaneously mm-hmm. treasured by audiences that just can't get enough. And they've seen it all. And so I think this is something you guys should be really excited about because it, it starts from a different place. Um, and I think that's extremely refreshing in this genre of film and and i really appreciate it yeah i do too um you know like juxtapose juxtapose against marry me which is so much more standard you know rom-com kind of fodder with this you know i just i i like the quirky better than the regular so that's just me um okay so moving on we're gonna yeah right just real quick, I feel like Marry Me, there, there's more rom than rom-com. And um, <laughs> I Want You Back is more calm than rom-com. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Yep. I I totally agree with you well, on there that. There you have it. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about Moonfall, which actually came out last week. And I actually did go see it. Didn't have a screening for it, but that's okay. I went to see it just so that I could, because I am a disaster film fan. I do love disaster films. And this was directed by one of the the foremost uh, authorities on disaster films, Roland Emmerich, who's done uh, Independence Day and Day After Tomorrow, right? He directed those two. Um, Yeah. And it stars Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson, John Bradley, who's getting a lot of extra work. He's seen this one. He's in Moonfall and in Marry Me. We all know him very well as Samuel Tarley from Game of Thrones. So it's nice to see him getting work. Um, so, yeah, Moonfall. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, as much as I like disaster films, it's really hard to wrap your brain around this one to, in any kind of way, shape, or form. I mean, the basic premise is that the moon has shifted out of orbit or has has somehow got knocked out of its orbit, and now it's coming coming to Earth to crash into the Earth. Uh, and, you know, and all that, all of that, what that entails, which is, you know, the tides changing, so there's lots of tsunami, you know, big waves disaster things, which is awesome. And also, like, gravity things and, uh, you know, pieces of the moon crashing into Earth. And, yeah, so all of that actually is, is fun because, like, like I said, I'm, I'm down. I'm down for that. I don't care how stupid the movie is. Like if, you know, if you're destroying the Earth in different ways, I, <laughs> I'm there for it. So, yeah, so this was different in a way as far as, you know, 
how do you how do you destroy the earth with the moon crashing into it? It's just the whole thing around it. <laughs> so you've got you've got all the tropes of a disaster movie, which is you know the family dramas and the this and then Halle Berry's. You know, you you kind of you start off with Halle Berry and Patrick as astronauts who are on this mission uh, to fix a space station or something or another, and they are kind of attacked. And I'm using this in a with air quotes uh, by this swarm hmm. of this weird looking swarm thing. You're like, what is that? And only Patrick Wilson. And they lose somebody in this mission. So they're Patrick Wilson and this other guy are out, out outside in space trying to fix stuff. And this thing kind of swirls through them. And he, the one guy ends up dying. Anyway, Patrick Wilson's the only guy who saw it and nobody believes him. And it totally ruins his career. Meanwhile, Halle Berry, who got knocked out by it, she didn't remember anything. So she couldn't back her, her, her uh, co-worker up her co-astronaut up and uh, but then she rises in the ranks of NASA anyway. So there's that. And then you got the John Bradley part and he's kind of a conspiracy theorist. And he's, his whole thing is that the moon, and this is very interesting to me, the moon is actually uh, basically a giant alien station, space station in a way. But the inside of the moon is actually a giant space station. I don't know. It's called meta structure or Mega structure. I don't know. I guess it's an actual thing to believe this. That they say that the moon is hollow and that there's some kind of alien tech inside of it. Don't know. I'm I'm not going to say much more in case people do still want to try to go see this. But there's that. I'll throw that one out there. And then, yeah. So just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to wrap your brain. <laughs> and pretty silly. Dialogue was awful. Oh my God, laughable! Literally, people in the audience laughed. And this was—I saw this with real people, not even press people. Uh, so, yeah, really, really dumb on a lot, a lot of levels. But again, I will probably watch it again if it comes up on my, you know, <laughs> my queue somewhere. Ah, oh, yeah, let's check this out again. I don't know. I like to see it. There is some pretty spectacular shots, like especially when the moon gets closer and closer to Earth. So, like, the moon rise, it's, like, giant, just, like, this giant-ass moon thing coming up the side of the screen, and you're like, whoa, and, you know, things, gravity, are being pulled off, and, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> you know me. I'm a populist. So, it, it it's not as good as uh, Day After Tomorrow, which I thought was fantastic, but it may be... It's kind of more on par with 2012, which I don't think he directed that one. Did he, Roland, 2012? No, I don't think so. No, no. That was pretty silly, too. But, you know, again, kind of understandable. You you could still get, you could still wrap your brain around it. And this one is a little harder to do that. But as far as special effects and stuff are concerned, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that it's more on par with, with 2012. So, um, Again, I'll just put it out there. I mean, as far as the rating, I would probably, I would give it like three and a half for special effects, but maybe two for the story. <laughs> the rest of it. Uh, other than that, yeah, that's that's kind of my two cents on it. And I think I'm pretty much in the uh, majority here on the uh, reviews, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, You'll see it it's, eventually. Yeah, I mean, there's certain disaster films where it's just so 
I don't know. So, so, so yeah. So dumb that it's great, you know. And, and it's so dumb that it's just, great, right? Yeah. Yes. There's some parts so. of this that was like that. It's like, okay, that's an interesting way to go. But it was just too much everything else, you know, just all of it just trying to cohese into a, <laughs> a movie. It was just a little hard to do that. Anyway, so uh, next up we're going to talk about Blacklight, which is the newest Liam Neeson actioner. He plays Travis Block, a government operative coming to terms with his shadowy past. When he discovers a plot targeting U.S. citizens, Block finds himself in the crosshairs of the FBI director he once helped protect. It also stars Aiden Quinn, uh, Emmy Raver Lampman from uh, <clears throat> Umbrella Academy, Yale Stone. Uh, I did not see this, and you did, so tell us, what was Blacklight about? Um, it was kind of like a conspiracy theory uh, thing with with the characters who have long-time relationships that one inevitably, shockingly turns on the other that you could see coming a mile away. Um it's funny, I like, looked at the calendar and I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's February. And you can always count on, you know, William Neeson <laughs> putting something in January or February that's very action-oriented and of, of varying levels. Uh, like that Wolf movie, I actually kind of enjoyed, The Gray. Yeah, um, that was a good one, yeah. But, but uh, I feel like this is, you know, uh, uh, it, you know I, I, in my review, I... I Kind of put it in the headline. I asked the question: um, Is it is it possible for an actor to jump the shark? Like, I, I feel like like Liam Neeson oh, jumped the shark with, with this with this stuff, or he just needs to choose better ones, or maybe just th- those are the ones that are being offered to him. Uh, but this, yeah, this is not this is not good. Um, the, there's a lot that you have to forgive to uh, kind of stick with it. Um, he he still gives it a, his all. I, I don't think he would know how to mail it in. I think that's just how he's wired. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there really isn't that that much else to go on uh, with this. And, I, I mean, I thought, like, you know, his last one from last year where he was like a, a rancher on the border, I mean, at least it was dealing with some current affairs issues with people crossing illegally into America and, you know, how thorny that situation is. I mean, this right. this really has no redeeming value at all. Um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even think it's worth investing two hours of your time just to, to stream it. Um but you know, hey, right? It's still Liam Neeson, and whenever he's on there, you, you can kind of go with the ride. But it, everything else just really didn't add up, and it really over overtook anything that Liam might might have added to it. Yeah, well, that's too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, oh well. Uh, I, what, I, what would you? I, I'd give it like two and a half. Um, okay. Maybe two, because it's, it's yeah, it's more of a two. 
That's really mad. <laughs> oh well, I guess you know. Again, it's it's funny because I I get that feeling. He's just doing these things. He's like we were talking about yesterday on our Oscars podcast. Like what happened to Bruce Willis? He just keeps making these horrible movies, and I feel like Liam Neeson's starting to fall into that uh, into that uh, pattern as well. You know, playing it safe and not really stretching himself. Yeah. But, you know, at some point, he's still a great actor. So maybe he'll mm-hmm. get to the point where he's tired of it and start looking for more quality things to, to use his talents for. So we'll see. Um, and then finally, we're going to wrap up, even though we don't usually talk about television. But I actually started watching this myself. It's a new limited series on Netflix called Inventing Anna. It just dropped today. It stars Julia Garner, who's our favorite from Ozark. Uh, she plays. It's, it's based on a true story. She plays a um, a, a, a so-called German heiress named Anna Delvey, who um, was here. Let me read the description. Uh, a journalist played by Anna Chomsky. It has a lot to prove she, as she investigates the case of Anna Delphi, the Instagram legendary German heiress who stole the hearts of New York's social scene and stole their money as well. It's created by Shonda Rhimes, uh, so that has that kind of uh, cachet to it. It also stars, uh, um, well, actually, Anna Chomsky and, and Julia Garner are two, two most recognizable people in it, but uh, overall, just, you know, Kind of a good solid cast: Laverne Cox, uh, Anders Holm, Anna Dewar Smith. Um, but I'll let you start us off because I'm, I'm like three episodes in and I'm totally I'm totally hooked. So, what did you think? Of, what have you thought of it? Uh, I I love it. I absolutely love it. I I, I finished it um, yesterday, ah. and she is just a, a hurricane. Of, of a talent and I, I I just you know that 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 was the draw I mean I saw it was a limited series I knew it wasn't a movie and it's kind of an investment uh, if you're going to ask Netflix to review something and there's like you know an hour of an episode and there's like nine of them but like I just knew watching her for nine hours in this particular role in anything frankly reading the phone book but you know in this role was just too rich to pass up so I dove in and boy was I glad I did um I don't really want to say too much about it because it does like drag you in and you kind of, uh, when you think you got something figured out, it, it goes in another direction. And uh, it's very much, uh, it's based on a, an article that somebody had written and uh, it's a it, this true story. And, and, and it feels like as somebody who's kind of worked in a magazine environment it feels like how you build a story I mean, it's not like you just sit down and write something like we do on the internet nowadays i mean you talk to people mm-hmm. you're investigating you're doing this and it just it feels like as she's unpeeling the layers so are we um and i just I, I love that part of it and i i'm really excited for for people to see it yeah me too i i am totally hooked i love these kind of true story crime kind of things and but Julia Gardner, she is just, you know, an unbelievable actress and, and now has become, you know, sort of known for being able to, to do accents. Because, <laughs> of course, we yeah. know her as, as Ruth in doing the, the, a spot on Ozark, you know, accent 
to this woman who has sort of a very strange accent. And I, I guess there's a couple of featurettes on YouTube you can watch about creating creating the character and, and you know, inventing the character, so to speak. Um, yeah, sort of a cross between German and Russian. I don't know. It's very odd and interesting. And I, I, I haven't really – I've seen pictures of the real – of the real person, but I haven't heard her speak, so I'm not sure. I'm sure it must be the, basically the same because Julia Garner's, you know, always does a great, great job of doing that kind of stuff. But yeah, really amazing performance she's doing. She's <laughs> just one of my faves to watch now. She really is. Uh, I can't wait to see what else she ends up doing after Ozark's done and, and, you know, moving on from that. Obviously this, but then, you know, other things that she might be able to, to do. So yeah, really good. Check it out. It drops this weekend as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to give it a solid four and a half by the time everything's said and done, right? Um, I think by the time you get down to the conclusion, I think it's probably four and three quarters. It starts okay. bumping towards five. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I'm looking just, forward to it. Let's just in fact, that. as soon as we hang up with this, I'm going to continue watching it. So there's that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that should do it for us for this. I think we've covered everything. It's been a very slow start to the movie business. Uh, you know, I think the only one we missed actually reviewing was Jackass Forever, which we had talked about being one of the ones we were looking forward to. So, uh, well, eventually I'll end up seeing that, too, so we can give our two cents about it, but I've read it's really funny and, you know, pretty much on, on par for, for that, for that franchise. So, um, yeah, I think we're all caught up. Next week is, uh, Uncharted, which is, uh, the big action adventure with Tom Holland and, uh, Mark Wahlberg, which looks kind of fun. And then, which I didn't realize it's based on a video game. Is that correct? Yes. Is it? Do you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we always <laughs> always a little skeptical on that, but from the trailer, looks pretty fun. And then the other one that I haven't actually heard too much about yet as far as screenings or whatnot is Dog with Channing Tatum. Mm. Uh, and I saw the trailer for that. That looks really, uh, that looks kind of fun as well, but I haven't, I haven't seen anything on the screen, so I'm not sure. If we'll be able to get that one in next week or following week, yes, but we will. We'll, we will certainly try. Okay, good. Did you you have I, I email it. me later? Let me know. I have it. You, you got it? Yeah. Okay, you have to. I got it. Pass that along to me. <laughs> I got it. I got it, along. guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joel, I do love you so. Anyway, um, so we will. Return next week with those two movies, and uh, you know, so, so stay tuned for that. And thanks for t- tuning in today. And we should talk to you soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.